Hello and welcome to On the Prowl. I am your host, Matt Alkiza, and I am joined this evening, as always, by my co-host, Ian Black. Ian, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, man. How you doing? Not too bad. Just for everybody listening, this is our second time doing this. I did not record the first 45 seconds uh, the last time, so... This is the second time Ian has asked me how I'm doing tonight, and first time you're hearing it, first time it was recorded, so here we are. So these are about to be a really crisp 45 seconds, so be prepared, fans. Yeah, we uh, we don't really practice a ton on this podcast, but we practice this intro today. <laughs> so speaking of practice, Panthers had their first padded practice today. That's a professional transition. First padded practice today. Ian, were you uh, able to follow anything on social media today while you were at work? Anything stick out to you about the Panthers' first practice in pads? Yeah. Uh, Baker Mayfield talking crap to Shaq Thompson. I'm all for it. He said he was aiming for the head of the snake instead of going for some of the other lower guys. And I'm all for it. We got to quarterback with that dog in him which is uh something exciting for august football you know <laughs> yeah i mean we were talking earlier i feel like sam Darnold just is the has whatever the opposite of the dog in him is uh sam Darnold is just the most laid back southern california guy i feel like he j- never really showed a ton of emotion on the field so if nothing else, Baker Mayfield is going to make the quarterback position a little bit more interesting in Carolina in a way that it hasn't been since prime Cam Newton. I'm all for it, man. Give me all of the Baker offseason content. I think I'll be happiest if he is in the headlines, good or bad, for just saying stuff as much as possible this season. That's, that's really what I'm looking forward to as part of the Baker experience. Yeah, it's fine. Just interesting. Interesting is all that I'm really asking for out of the quarterback position. If it's good, that's a plus, but it's just been boring, man. There's I don't know if there's two more boring quarterbacks in the league than Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold, and that's what we've been dealing with for the last couple of years. And even before that, what Taylor Heineke, Kyle Allen, guys who started games for Carolina that were also incredibly boring. Yeah, and it's like like I love CMC and DJ Moore and those kind of guys, but they're pretty like soft spoken, like to themselves guys. I, I'm I'm kind of excited to have a guy like an inflammatory player at a super important position. Like regardless of product off on the field, the off the field and meta product I think is something to look forward to. Like, yeah, I like winning football games. Maybe we'll win a few this year, but I like seeing the Panthers talked about on ESPN, you know. <laughs> I just want to see it then. <laughs> yeah. Who who on the Panthers, even on the defense too, I mean, I guess Dante Jackson kind of can run his mouth a little bit, but I feel like the Panthers just have a ton of mild-mannered dudes. I mean, think of all the the above-average starters on the team. Brian Burns just kind of gets his work done, except for last year when he got tripped up by whoever that was on the Patriots. I mean, it was Mac Jones. Got tripped up by Mac Jones and the Patriots. Uh, Taylor Moten just kind of... Road greats gets his job done. Jeremy Chin doesn't really talk a lot. I feel like the Panthers just haven't really had a guy in the last couple of years that talks a ton of garbage. Rob Anderson runs his mouth in the media, but... Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I was like, we have Baker Mayfield's mortal enemy at wide receiver. <laughs> but other than that, yeah. Well, yeah, the only the only garbage Robbie Anderson talks is to his own teammates. <laughs> or about the, the franchise that signs his checks. I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it. Well, um... I'm I'm excited to talk about today's topic. Uh, we're going to talk about Matt Rule, uh, the Rule Meister, Matt, Matty 
on the hot seat, whatever the opposite of Matty Ice is. Um, I am, I am so excited to hear how you think this season will go for Matt Rule and where we're at going into it. Um, but first, I guess we start with backgrounds. How Matt Rule the last couple of years in Carolina? What what have been your thoughts from Matt Rule's tenure so far? Yeah, when I think of the Matt Rule era, and really when I just think of Matt Rule as a coach, I've talked to a handful of people about this. I, I just don't really know what Matt Rule does as a coach. He was hired to, I guess, like change the culture in Carolina, right? I mean, if you think a coach can do, be, I feel like a coach can be really good at one of three things, maybe two or three things, and that's coaching up an offense, coaching up a defense, and then building a culture uh, for a team, right? And ideally, you'd want a coach that's good at two of those. Either they're really good at coaching offense and they're good culture builders, or they're really good at coaching defense and then being culture builders on top of that. Um, I feel like Matt Rule came in as strictly a guy that was here to change the culture in Carolina, right? I... I don't know what his specialty is, offense or defense. Uh, I don't really know what side of the ball he spends most of his time with, what side of the ball he like has most of the say in. He hired Joe Brady, then fired him. 16 months later, he brought in his I mean, best friend, defensive coordinator, Phil Snow, who they've been together for a long time. So I, I, just, I just don't really know what Matt Rule does other than being a guy that changes the culture. I mean, he went into Baylor after that whole – scandal with art briles if you don't know about that freed up on it i i don't know enough to share about it on this podcast but um he, yeah he changed the culture of baylor after three years there were a winning program and still are a winning program they won the big 12 last year even with matt rule not being there so yeah i don't i don't really know what he does um your thoughts ian the, the last couple of years of matt rule boring yeah no, like no I, in all seriousness i i feel a lot of what you said I'm sure there's things he's good at. I think he was billed as a developmental kind of guy uh, at two on top of that, but maybe that was just because he was a college coach. And I think the few college coaches that make the jump to the NFL these days are always labeled developmental guys because they worked with younger players beforehand. Uh, but uh, we've seen little to no trace of that so far um, as a coach. But yeah, I, I'm confused. There has been a lot of inconsistency. Uh, it's hard to peg it on him i guess in a way i don't know i think because we've had such subpar quarterback play uh it's it, i feel like maybe some of those issues we've seen could have been corrected overnight with good quarterback play but i feel like you could say that with a lot of coaches so far he's, he's done nothing to inspire confidence uh, there's nothing i feel like he hangs his hat on now going into this like third year of coaching uh fourth year of coaching where i'm like oh yeah, like we, what good or bad, Matt Rule's going to get this done. And I don't know what that is besides talk about running the ball more every week for the last <laughs> few years and consistently just looking exactly the same. I don't know. That's about all I got from so far. In reality, he's not a playoff coach. He's not a guy who gets you to the playoffs. I, I think the only thing that's really kept him around to, to this point is – we're not ready for another coach, maybe, and maybe Tepper's hesitant to cut bait on that super long, massive contract we gave him with no NFL experience. 
I don't know, man. It's it's something. I think I think you said something in there, and which has really been my biggest problem with the Panthers in the last couple of years is they hired if they hired Matt Rule to be a developmental coach, like give him a team that he can develop. I feel like they just keep trying to like force making these trades for like win now players when this is just like not a win now situation, right? If they hired Matt rule to be the kind of guy that's going to develop a team over uh, like a couple year time, they signed him to a seven year contract. You don't need to win in year one. You don't need to win in year two. You don't need to trade a second and fourth round pick for Sam Darnold when you could have given him a rookie quarterback to, to develop. You don't need to trade a third round pick for CJ Henderson. When you start a season three and Oh, uh, you don't need to give up draft capital for a rental of Stefan Gilmore when you're clearly not a team that's good enough to win the Super Bowl. It's just so much incongruency between what the team says and what the team does and what the team seems like versus the product that they are trying to put out on the field, if that makes sense. All right, I got a question for you. If I gave you 100 marbles, 100 marbles, and I said give them to what you think the biggest issue is. You can divide them as many to you want as you want to the different areas. The areas are either Matt Rule, quarterback play, and other. Where where would you put the hundred marbles for in terms of blame for the last few seasons? I would put the blame I would say that forty percent of the marbles would go to Matt Rule. 50% of the marbles would go to quarterback play and then 10% of the marbles would go to other. Yeah. Yeah. That feels about right. And I think it's one of those things just right now with where we've been in the rule tenure, it's, it's really hard to see anything because he hasn't shown anything uh, other than ineptitude at quarterback play. And I feel like whenever Matt rule does leave the head coaching post as the Panthers quarterback, we'll just remember the rural era as the era of the revolving quarterback. And whether that's his fault or a product of his inability to make improvements elsewhere, I don't know if we'll ever know, but we sure have given him a lot of chances to prove us wrong, you know? Yeah, and I, I was doing some research before we started, and if you look at the last two years, the Panthers are 29th, the 29th overall offense per EPA and the 18th overall defense per APA. It, I would be more on board with Matt Rule if we were really good at at least one of those things, right? If we were an above-average offense or an above-average defense, and he, would, could pr- he had proved at some point in these past two years that he could build a high-level staff, recruit high-level free agents, and like be above average on one side of the ball but there's I, there's been no there's been no signs of that they are able to be in the last year they were able to beat up on a couple of really bad teams and it looked like they were moving in the right direction but the first time we played a good team uh, like dallas we got stomped immediately right so i, I don't I, I understand why they gave matt rule a third year i understand that they signed him to the seven-year deal and that David Tepper is giving him a chance to build something, but I feel like in order to build something, you got to start with building blocks. And I haven't seen a ton of building blocks from a Matt rule led team in the past two years. Okay. Back to the marbles thing. Cause I feel like a lot of what we've talked about so far in relation to Matt rule is team construction. Sure. Back to a hundred marbles of blame, Matt rule, Scott Fitterer and David Tepper. Okay. I, 
I don't know if I can give a single marble. That's not true. I the less the least amount of marbles go to Scott Fitterer. I really do like what he's done with the roster the past six months. And at the time, the moves for CJ Henderson, the move for Stefan Gilmore, like when those were like those were like good moves and like you, like you like to say in a vacuum like i don't think those were bad decisions i do think they jumped the gun a little bit i do think they were trying to elevate the panthers in a way that they were not ready to be elevated yet if that makes sense so if i'm if that if i'm giving the blame pie out between fitterer rule and tepper i would say 50% Tepper, 40% Rule, then 10% Fitterer. Because I, I do I do like what Scott Fitterer has done. So you you blame Tepper and Rule more more for the quarterback situation than Tepper than Fitterer's expenditure of assets? Yeah, because it feels to me like Tepper and Tepper is the one who is trying to like fit the square peg in the round hole and trying to create the facade that we have a competitive team when we don't. And Scott Fitterer is doing what he can to make the upgrades that David Tepper thinks that we need to make, if that makes sense. I, I, don't, I don't think it's Scott Fitterer's fault that we've are spinning this like revolving quarterback door. I, I think there is some sort of agenda coming from up top where David Tepper's pride wants him to make sure that they have a competitive team and they're trying to take all these swings at quarterback and it's not working out. So the, so the quarterback decisions have all felt like Tepper moves, not Fitterer or rule moves to me. Yeah, no, I, I definitely feel that. It's like two years ago, the draft was wonderful. Fitterer was trading back left and right, which is just proven time and time again to be a plus value thing to do if you're not trading up for a quarterback. This past season, uh, this past draft in May, he drafted a bunch of super athletic guys, got icky. It feels like, I, I agree, the quarterback moves just feel so disconnected from everything else the team has done that I know we could, probably can't say for sure, but it, it really does feel like Fitterer really is kind of at the mercy of some other agenda. Be that Tepper, be that Rule, be that something else. Who knows? Maybe Fitterer just has absolutely no idea what he's doing with quarterbacks either. Who knows? But, yeah, whatever. Back to back to Rule. Um, so, I want to say, Rule is on the hot seat. We all know that. If we're giving him a hot seat number, it's easily a 10 coming into the season the Panthers have pretty low expectations and it will take a pretty sizable uh surpassing of those expectations to for him to keep his job uh at least in my quick assessment but I want to talk about the scenario where Matt Rule does keep his job a year from now Matt Rule is getting ready for training camp again uh, with the Panthers same exact position and people feel a lot better than they do right now how would we get there what does that look like to you? For me, it's this feels like a, a playoffs or bust kind of season for Matt Rule. I, I think in order for him to be the Panthers head coach in 2023, the Panthers need to have made the playoffs this year. And I think that goes back to what I was saying about David Tepper kind of being just a little bit impatient, kind of having an agenda to win now. Um, I don't know. When I think of like a businessman like David Tepper, that's a guy who's never failed in his adult life he's the richest owner in the nfl for a reason it's because he's incredibly successful so i think that for i think for him to have a his his baby his football team that he owns to not make the playoffs three years in a row and to kind of in a way be the laughing stock of the league right now 
um, for multiple reasons. There are there are other teams that you could call the laughing stock, but the Panthers are close to the top of the laughing stock list if you were to make one. Um, I, I think this needs to be a playoff team in order for Matt Rule to come back next year. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree. Is what if the team goes nine and eight and misses misses the playoffs by a tiebreaker or by a game, and they won the last three games of the season? Do you think he keeps his job? I do think he keeps his job in that situation if there's legitimate improvement on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Matt Rule talked a lot about how he went out of his comfort zone to hire Joe Brady, and that obviously failed. I mean, Joe Brady made it, what, 20-something games in Carolina as the offensive coordinator? And Ben McAdoo feels like more of a Matt Rule guy. They both have like that Giants DNA. They both coached in New York for a little bit. McAdoo kind of seems more of the like lunch pail guy that Matt Rule likes. So if there's like legitimate improvement on the offensive side of the ball and the defense is decent and Baker Mayfield has a decent year and you know a couple bounces go the wrong way for the Panthers and I, I do I do see like a I do see a window at, to Rule coming back even if the Panthers don't make the playoffs. But there needs to be some legitimate improvement like on the field in order for that to happen. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree. I feel like there it a lot hinges on how they can get Baker to perform this season, obviously. But I feel like there is a way for him to stay. What what do you think the fewest amount of wins rule can accomplish if assuming however you get to that many wins, everything else relatively speaking goes well? What's the fewest number of wins rule can get this season? And for him to keep his job? Yeah. Uh, nine. They, they ought to be above 500. If they go eight and nine and miss the playoffs by two games, I think there's no chance he comes back. But in your in your situation, they go nine and eight. They lose a tiebreaker to, I don't know, Minnesota for the seventh wild card. Then seventh wild card, a third wild card, seventh playoff position. Then I do think there's a chance that he comes back. But they've got to they've got to be over 500. Yeah, it sucks that we're at that point with such a young team. Because I really feel like that's too high of a bar for the current roster. But I feel like Rule's had enough time where, I mean, this is a longer co- leash than a lot of coaches nowadays are getting. And I feel like the roster doesn't match up with what Rule needs to stay around. It, it, it really feels like this is not just from a Panthers perspective, but from a holistic NFL perspective, this is the biggest case of lame duck waiting to be cooked we've we've had in a while and it it definitely is uh has to be strange for the players you know for the fans for everyone i it really doesn't feel like it matches up on my end yeah and and this is exactly what i keep talking about with just like the difference in expectations for this team like they're they're a young team like they're like a lot of the guys that are going to be difference makers for the panthers this year are guys that have been drafted in the last three or four years and for there to be the this like I, this much pressure on the head coach to win right now again is just more like incongruency with what the expectations of the team are versus what is actually going to be out on the field and for all we know we could all be completely wrong about Matt Rule being on the hot seat right like that that there has been like nothing that like you just rolled your eyes at me right there but like we no, you're, you're, I hear what you're saying. It, the thought of it just makes me want to throw up. I a bunch of people thought he was going to get fired at the end of last year. I think if you if you would have asked, polled fifty 
random Panthers fans at the end of week 16, week 17 last year and asked, is Matt Rule going to be fi- get fired in the next six weeks? I think if you ask 50 people, I bet 35 to 40 would have said yes. And he's still here. Yeah, and that, that's why I'm so confused. If if Tepper wants to win now, if it's Tepper, if it's Finner, whoever it is, if the team who is above Rule, the front office, wants to win now, and they're being impatient in other ways, why is Rule still here? That's, that... why, why is There's just so many mixed messages. We're waiting at other positions, but we're going all in on like bottom tier quarterbacks but then we're keeping our coach but we're firing coordinators even though our coach has no track record to stick around otherwise i i don't get it man that's exactly that's exactly what i'm saying there it's it's just like incongruency in the entire organization it feel i i just don't know what the plan is if the plan is for this roster as it is to develop and find the young quarterback who's going to lead the team into the next era then and matt rule is the guy to lead them then that's fine but stop trading future draft capital for quarterbacks that we know suck like stop doing that stop trading draft capital for corners you know what i mean it just i i just keep saying it doesn't make sense i don't know yeah, no, I, I, I'm right there with you. I think the biggest thing for me with Rule for this coming season is I need him to be 500 or at least really, really dang close. And I need to have one of the units be a clear top 10 unit in the league. Yeah. I think those are my two big things. Yeah. If we don't make the playoffs and Rule comes out with a fire under his butt and the defense or offense, I don't care which one, looks amazing. I'll, I consider it, yeah, with me and my big Panthers decision-making chops. I, I would consider it. But I feel like there has to be something to hang your hat on this far into the tenure. And right now, I can't see that happening either way, you know? I feel like the only way that happens is if Baker Mayfield comes out with a chip on his shoulder and DJ Moore breaks the all-time receiving record this season because Baker Mayfield just launches the ball to him over and over again. And they become... Brady and Moss circa 2007, you know? I feel like that really only feels like the way it, it stays. And why are we even starting the season if he's there, you know? I, we could go on forever. Well, let's take a step back for a second. So let's say everything goes really poorly. Let's say Matt Rule isn't even the coach in week six anymore. Who do you think the interim should be? And what would you want to see from the Panthers after that to finish the season? uh in the wake of rule what 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 would that look like just just the fact that you asked me who i think the panthers interim head coach should be just says everything that you like need to know about the current state of the panthers franchise um i guess the real question is do you think phil snow's worth a better look do you think he is a diamond under the matt rule rough i think is the real hidden question there <laughs> no i don't think he is i in my thinking before this podcast, I went back and just looked at the head coaches at the last five Super Bowls. Uh, Sean McVay is an offensive coach. Zach Taylor, offensive coach. Andy Reid, offense. Bruce Arians, offensive coach. Kyle Shanahan, offensive coach. Bill Belichick's just a goat. Uh, Doug Peterson was an offensive coordinator. Like I, I think that the this era of NFL football, you have to have an offensive minded head coach in order to succeed unless you have like a Bill Belichick 
but that's that's what uh, to your Phil Snow point. No, I don't think Phil Snow is a diamond in the rough future head coach. I think he's a, a fine defensive coordinator. I I like a lot of what he's done with the defense, um, but not not interim coach material. I think like Steve Wilkes or Ben McAdoo would be the interim coach if Matt Rule were to get fired. That's funny you say Wilkes. I do think Wilkes would probably be the top choice, but I was about to say Phil Snow reminds me a lot of Steve Wilkes in terms of I think he is a wonderful defensive coordinator and should be our defensive coordinator for the next 15 years and should never try and go anywhere else Yeah, <laughs> because I really like him there and I really want an offensive coach, you know, I, I feel that. Okay, well, I, ju- I just wanted to get your barometer on the so we can say I told you so when we're watching Ben McAdoo or Steve Wilkes in week six, you know, it's just, we're there. Not that every other Panther stand isn't thinking the same thing, but all right. Well, I think my one big last question right now with Matt rule is, do you think Matt rule ever coaches again after the season? Do you, do you think, do you think he's shown enough with the Panthers to warrant someone else's trust or are we just sinking his last dead weight? I think that Matt Rule is a hell of a college coach. I think that if Matt Rule were to get fired this year, there will probably be an opening at some Big Ten school or some SEC school that Matt Rule can go take, and he will transform that program. Uh, And I, I just think that's where he needs to be. I don't know what that program is. Maybe it's Michigan. If there, he, it seems like there was like a little bit of flirtation between him and Michigan, like last offseason. We heard a little bit of those rumors with uh, John Harbaugh or whatever Harbaugh brother is at Michigan uh, <laughs> potentially leaving. So, no, I don't think Matt Rule will ever be the head coach of an NFL team again after he leaves the Carolina Panthers. All right. Yeah, I, I, I'm about the same point. I think if he can find some sort of league where he's allowed to own all of the Temple players that are in that league, former Temple Owls, I think he could be a wonderful like XFL coach or something like that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if, if you told me that Matt Rule is the next head coach of the Birmingham Stallions, then I, I, I would believe you. If you told me that Matt Rule is the next head coach of the whatever new Orleans breakers in the, uh, USFL. I, come on. I'm all about it. Jeff Fisher found some success in the USFL. Why couldn't Matt rule? Jeff Fisher was also able to win eight games consistently in yeah. the NFL. So who knows? Okay. I've got, I've got one question for you before we close it out here. Uh, looking at the first coach fired odds in 2022, Matt rule is plus 300, the favorite to be the first, first coach fired. Mike McCarthy is second at plus 450 to be the first coach fired. Who do you think is third and fourth on that list? Let's see here. Uh, I, you don't need, I'm just curious what you think. It, it, it th- threw me for a loop when I saw it. Yeah, no. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, spicy pick. Uh, That's a great guess. I think He's if, not Cliff Kingsbury. If things crash and burn with Kyler, uh, especially after that big extension, they're going to want to cash in and give Kyler as much time on that contract with a new guy. Whether or not you think Kyler's the guy, Cliff hasn't really shown that he's the guy so far. And he's a guy who was billed as a mega offensive mind, mm. you know? Um, and yeah, I, I, Mike McCarthy makes sense. I think Jerry Jones kind of really likes Mike McCarthy. Uh, and Mike McCarthy has some wonderful coordinators around him that he doesn't have to do too much of the work right now. Uh, relative to in-game stuff. Yes, Kellen Moore, maybe. 
Um, yeah, no, that's about it. I Ron Rivera it seems like a guy who, if the Commanders weren't an absolute joke of a franchise, might have to really win some games this coming season. But I don't think they can afford to get rid of Ron Rivera. Uh, just because of the state of everything else. <laughs> yeah, he's he's just the adult in the room in Washington in a way that literally nobody else is. Uh, third was Pete Carroll, plus 600. Uh, fourth was... I was thinking Pete, but I was thinking... I feel like they wouldn't do it to him. I feel like they would let him finish a season or they would do that thing where he decides to step down, you know? Mm. I, I, I feel like he, I, I couldn't see them abandoning him just because of the lore of Pete Carroll and the Legion of Boom 2013, you know? Yeah, I I think if they were going to fire Pete Carroll, they would have done it around the same time they traded Russell Wilson. Like, their the expectations are so low in Seattle, and it, I, I think Pete Carroll is just going to be the guy that kind of bridges the gap in areas of Seahawks football. What really surprised me was Frank Reich, uh, was fourth on the list plus 700 that kind of feels like throwing away money for me I, I don't know why they would fire frank reich I, this that's another one of those interesting ones i feel like the colts have been everyone's sneaky pick for the last like since frank reich took over you know and i feel like they maybe haven't been sneaky enough for mm. uh, it to be worth it so there, there might be a few questions there like is frank reich really doing something because this roster looks kind of fun but then again, he coached last year with Carson Wentz as his quarterback, and he's had some shells with some players and some super injuries. So I, I like Frank Reich, but I, I could see a team with some under-the-radar expectations uh, getting a little impatient, especially with how uh, swift and decisive they've been elsewhere on the roster, you know? Yeah, that's right. Let me give you the rest of the top 10, and then I have a question. Uh, so Ron Rivera's fifth, plus 800. Kevin Stefanski, Dan Campbell are both plus 1,000. And then Mike Vrabel, Cliff Kingsbury are plus twelve hundred. Robert Sala and Arthur Smith plus fourteen hundred. Is the best bet on that board Matt Rule at plus three hundred? Just because, in in some ways, it kind of feels like a lock. Yeah, no, he, he's one hundred percent the best bet. I'm surprised he doesn't have favored odds, like like a minus one ten type of odds. Uh, I. I think Matt Rule is the far and away favorite. There's some other guys where some things could go wrong, but like I don't see any world where Dan Campbell get, gets fired before uh, Matt Rule, even if the Lions don't win a game through their first six. You know? Mm. Yeah. They, again, another, another place where expectations are low, kind of like like Seattle. There, if they were to fire Dan Campbell, I just, just wonder what they're doing. Also, Dan Campbell is just an absolute media darling right now. I feel like getting rid of him while Jared Goff is still your quarterback is just a lose-lose scenario, you know? Like, you got to move on before you get rid of Dan Campbell, even if he's just the guy who bridged the the crappy years. Last question for you. Vegas has the Panthers and the Lions win totals both set at six and a half wins. Who would you rather bet the over on, the Panthers or the Lions, at six and a half? I think I'd actually rather bet the over on the Panthers. I think the Panthers have are, have a more volatile win total chance this season than the Lions. I feel like the Lions are locked for somewhere between four to six wins. I feel like the Panthers could go 0-17, or they could sneak around and maybe win eight games if everything goes right, you know? So mm. I, I, I would bet the Panthers just on the upside there. Okay, fair. What, are, you, are, you, are you team Lions there? I 
somewhere deep inside of me it would maybe be persuaded into betting a little bit of money on the Lions to make the playoffs. Wow, that, that that's a take. It's, it's is a, that are we like writing that down? No, is... no. It's again, it's, it's somewhere deep inside of me. It's a t- it's a take I've been working on for a couple of days. Of just something I've been thinking about. I just like I I really like what they've done. They've got a very very solid offensive line. I think Jared Goff is fine. I really do like Dan Campbell. I don't know. They're they're building something good in Detroit, and it feels like that's the first time I can say that in maybe my entire lifetime. So. Yeah. All right. Final question. Closing remark. Who is the Panthers coach? August 1st, 2023, one year from today. The Panthers head coach in August, 2023 will be the offensive coordinator of whatever team surprises this coming year and makes like a deep run in the playoffs. I don't know who that is, but that is just my generic thought of who the Panthers head coach will be that is sorry that's who i want the panthers head coach to be in all honesty if you tell me that pete carroll is the panthers head coach in 2023 or like bill cowler comes out of retirement (laughs) our coach 2023 with the tepper connection i'm not gonna be surprised no yeah that's i feel like i'm the same mind like i don't care how he does this year i want kellen moore to be our coach Mm -hmm. one year from today but i feel like we're a lot more likely to go with like a ben mcadoo type guy you know even if it's not ben mcadoo because he's already here just a a ben mcadoo adjacent kind of coordinator you know been here forever jason garrett joe judge (laughs) oh god yeah yeah that that kind of guy maybe someone who hasn't been fired as recently maybe someone who last coached in like 2015 Mm. (laughs) you know yeah That feels like where the Panthers would go with it. But here here first, Kellen Moore, 2023. I I will be the first person to create a coach's jersey and wear it if he becomes our coach. Put it on a t-shirt. Kellen Moore, 2023. (laughs) Kellen Moore, 2023. Here for it. Moore, and then I'll figure out who I want the offensive coordinator to be. I'll do it like a political sign. Moore Snow, 2023. That will will (laughs) be the first on the prowl merch will be a, a more snow 2023 t-shirt that we will start selling <laughs> there, yeah. at the end of the season. I am all for it. We, we, we can take pictures of it. It'll be great. great. All right, man. Well, it's been wonderful talking to you. Uh, I hope you have a wonderful night and all of you listeners. I hope your week is wonderful. Yeah. We'll be back next week. Uh, Ian is kind of putting together our off season plan and we've got some good stuff coming up the next couple of weeks. Uh, hey, Ian, next Monday, we will be able to uh, preview a first preseason game, and I'm looking forward to doing that with you. Go Panthers, baby. Keep pounding. Later. <laughs> See ya. See ya.